Lord, out of love and faith, we turn our heart to you. Lord, with love and faith, we open our heart to you. And we pray sincerely, Lord, at this very moment, please shine yourself into our heart. May we all behold and reflect your wonderful glory. And we pray in faith that day by day, more and more, we will be transformed into your image from glory to glory. And Lord, we ask that your prayer, that we would be one in the glory of God. Bring us all together in this absolute oneness where there is no self-expression, but only the glorious corporate expression of the all-inclusive Christ. Lord, shine into all of our hearts. Touch us in a tender way, in an encouraging way. We want to see you face to face. Lord, thank you for giving us this prayer. Thank you for hearing us our prayer. We thank you in advance for answering our prayer. What a wonderful God you are. Amen. Amen. Participating in God's glory. Roman numeral one, because we have become God-men through regeneration, we have the right to participate in God's mind, in God's being, and in God's image. Eventually, we will be brought into God's glory to participate in his glory. I wrote this as as an indicator that in the near future, Lord willing, seven days from now, there will be messages on participating in God's mind, participating in God's being, and participating in God's image. But the burden for this gathering is participating in God's glory. So in point two, God is a God of glory. You have a reference there in Acts 7 verse 2 telling us that the God of glory appeared to Abraham a few thousand years ago. When the God of glory appears, as he did to Saul of Tarsus, whom we know as Paul, there's no resistance. And so just let the God of glory shine, not only to the someone to your right and to your left, but into you. 
There, this is beyond words to describe how real the triune God becomes because out of love in his being, he wants to illuminate you, shine in you with how wonderful he is and to make you the same as he is because we, that's why we sang that hymn. He's going to glorify our soul gradually day by day and some of us older fellows we're looking forward to a transfigured body just like his but Lord we will be content to be in this old kind of body for another day because we're going to focus on how wonderful you are shining in us then I continue in point two. Glory is the expression of God. God expressed in splendor. So that's the definition. Glory is God expressed. Now I'm not racing through because I'm at point three already. So I'll let you know this will sound unusual just as singing one stanza from a hymn was unusual. But wasn't it touching? Amen. Wasn't that your prayer? Amen. Don't you want that, that prayer to be answered Amen. in the next 55 minutes? Amen. I'm still going to tape within a limited time frame because I want so many of you, as the Lord does, to finish the message. So don't worry, I've got the time I need. Don't be bothered that, no. Our schedule was a little different. Just be at peace. So here we are. And so spiritually speaking, we are now going to climb a mountain step by step. And maybe in the next 15 or 20 minutes, we'll be going very close to the top. Then you'll see, oh, Roman numeral four, that section so short. Well, that's because we're on the peak and get ready, we're going to be on the high peak of the divine revelation for at least half an hour together. And only the Lord knows what's going to take place as we are here personally and corporately. The glory of God is intrinsically related to the economy of God. If this word long, this word, this lengthy word intrinsically means it's the meaning of its, of its essence, the deepest meaning of something. It's related to the economy of God. And this expression, the economy of God, may be new to many of you. And we don't want you to feel you're outside. We want to bring you within. God's economy is his plan and arrangement to fulfill his will and purpose with all of us. So we know from Revelation 4.11, it was because of God's will that he created all these positive things. And we know from other verses that God has an eternal purpose. He has a goal that he wants to reach. And then the way to fulfill his purpose and complete his will is to have a plan. That's his economy. And this plan includes all that God 
before anything, when anyone was created, he knew you would be here, he knew when you would, you would be saved, and he knows what arrangement he has for you to bring you from glory to glory. Amen. So we'll just go step by step with some brief comment. To really cover it together, we would need to have a semi-annual training of 12 messages just on the glory of God. Okay, God's eternal goal is to bring his many sons into glory. And when the word sons is used in the New Testament, that includes all believers, male and female. Just when it speaks of the bride, it's not limited to, to the sisters, but to all the believers. Amen. So he's bringing his many sons into glory. That's based on Hebrews 2.10. So B, man was created by God in his image in order that man may express him in his glory. So that's why we were created. We all know the verse in Genesis 1. We were created in God's image, in his likeness. And the image there is actually referring to Christ himself as verses in the New Testament uh, make clear. Christ is the image of God, the expression of God. So we were created as human beings for this purpose. But if you just look around and you see people everywhere, where is the expression of God? And because we're all fallen human beings, so on one level there's the expression of the self, but on a deeper level it's the expression of Satan. But the Lord has redeemed us at a tremendous cost. We have been regenerated, and now we are going through a process of being saved in life and we'll see being transformed in our soul. So more and more, and this I just noticed, I haven't seen hardly any of you for the last four years. I just look all around, for sure, more Christ shining out of you. Because you may not be aware of it, but day by day, transformation has been taking place and more and more expression of God in Christ through one another. See, God created us as vessels unto honor, prepared unto glory. We were predestinated to be his vessels to express what he is in glory. So we were all created as vessels with the goal that the content will be the God of glory. But now we are in the process of our vessels. Two things have to happen. One is the Lord wants to fill us, the vessel, with himself. But we're, all, we're already filled with something else. And so the Lord will fill and empty, empty and fill. And many of us can testify that it just took place as part of our 
personal Christian life and our corporate church life. The Lord just touched certain things from the past so that they can be dealt with and then we're emptied it out. Certain memories shouldn't be with us unendingly because the feelings that are related to them. So the Lord wants to empty us out and fill. And so they go simultaneously. And I'm so thankful for that. And I don't try to figure out what he needs to take out next. It's just, I just want to be simple. I'm an open vessel. Lord, go wherever you want. Remove whatever needs to be gone. My decision, I want to be filled with God. Not with anything other than that. And your amen shows we're exactly the same in this pursuit. Okay. Then D, to sin is to fall short of God's glory. That's Romans 3.23. You you fall short of God's glory. That means even if you're doing something good, you're not expressing God, you're expressing yourself. And so don't be proud to say, no, I I never lose my temper. Well, uh, you know the difference between someone who is very calm and someone who loses his temper, it's about 20 minutes. It's not if it happens, it's when it happens. Right? And so we're all like this, and we're being saved from this, but we need to know the truth about this. To sin is to fall short of God's glory and thus to express sin and the sinful self and to love the glory of men more than the glory of God. E, Christ's redemption has fulfilled the requirement of God's glory. God's righteousness, holiness, and glory were two requirements that had to be fulfilled in order for us to have access to the tree of life. Remember? The tree of the life in the garden was guarded. You can't touch it until righteousness, holiness, and glory has been fulfilled. And it was our Lord Jesus who did this on our behalf. Now the way is open. We have the right to the tree of life because of what he has done for us. So Christ's redemption has fulfilled these requirements. Then brings us to F, through the the gospel of the glory of Christ, God has called us by and unto his eternal glory. I didn't realize this is what God was doing when I was saved. Maybe hardly any of us did, but now we realize he didn't save you. He didn't call on you. He didn't come to you and redeem you just so that you won't spend your life in a terrible place. He wants to bring you back to God's eternal purpose for you. He wants to not only forgive your sins, to give you eternal life, he wants to make you the same as he is in this glory and is taking place. So therefore we can go on to say in J, the all-inclusive Christ dwells in us 
as the hope of glory. That's Colossians 1.27. I just want to pause here. Christ is dwelling in you. He's, he's not visiting. He wants to make his home in your heart. He wants your heart to be his home. And I've used this illustration countless times, but briefly again. You know, when I've been in a certain place for a weekend for a conference, and, and I'm just uh, invited to stay the weekend in someone's home, and they say, just make yourself at home. And it's very kind. But let's suppose the one time I was particularly uh, in an unusual situation, they said, our, our daughter, Emily, that she's given you your, your bedroom, just make yourself at home. So what would happen if I called uh, the brother and say, brother, uh, Will you come here, and then I need you to take me to Ace Hardware Store. Well, what, why do you want to go there? I said, well, you said, make it at home. And this bedroom is, is, is mine. It's my home. And look, pink walls. <laughs> Men don't have pink walls. I want to like real light green or whatever. And then look, look at my bed. This is my bed. How am I supposed to sleep on it? It's a zoo. It's, it's just filled with all, all of these stuffed animals. Then I went on and on. I said, look at these things on the wall. I, I don't want that. And then he might say, Ron, excuse me for a moment. Then he calls for an immediate uh, family fellowship and then says, I think a five-star hotel might be a very nice place. Because that's being polite. But we all know from Ephesians 3, he's making his home in our heart. And he's going to do more than repaint the walls and take stuffed things away. Will you let him do that? What will happen is that you, step by step, and you realize this is wonderful. When he's really making his home here, this is delightful. And then now you're willing to say, Lord, I open every part of my being that you can really dwell here. And then the Lord would say, the more I'm dwelling in here, the more I'll give you the assurance. I'm going to glorify you. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. I'm going to glorify you in every way. And I am in you as the hope of glory. Your future is wonderful. Do you realize this? Don't measure your life by the past. The best is always ahead. To be glorified personally and corporately. So... H, the goal of God's organic salvation. And the last stage of his salvation is glory, our glorification. So that's why we sang in 949. Eventually, you know, if you're 
24 years old, you don't have to have the same feeling that I have who's soon will be more than 83. Just be the normal human being that you are, but eventually you'll realize, I want a new body. And, and then you'll just realize, it's not easy when you're really, really an elderly person. It's, it's not easy. It affects your balance and all kinds of things. But I'm not going to be afraid about that. I have someone help me walk, and I have someone indicating to me, uh, uh, Ron, how, maybe you should get a cane. Right now I'm a little reluctant, but maybe next time you'll see me with a cane, okay? Because I'm not going to try to, to hold on to anything, because eventually we're going to be totally glorified. But now we're going to be participating in God's glory, and we're all, we're all doing it, even as we're going through these points. I, when we are strengthened with power by the Father of glory through his Spirit into the inner man, when Christ makes his home in our hearts, and when we are filled unto the fullness of God, there is glory to God in the church. Amen. So this indicates the Lord wants to increase his glory in each one of us so that corporately in the churches where we are only Christ is expressed this will be the most powerful testimony people come into this kind of gathering and they see all these ordinary people but there's something unique in the atmosphere they may not have the words Eventually, they'll realize what makes it unique is right here and right now. God, in his glory, is being expressed through these dear saints in oneness. And it's happening right now. I'm just looking around. Way back there. Ah, there's glory. Front row. Yeah. Glory. Both sides. You're participating. Because the goal is to have the corporate expression of the God of glory. And it will be so marvelous that that will require a new heaven and a new earth to match the corporate expression of the God of glory. That's Revelation 21. I said, I saw a new heaven and the new earth. And what did he see right after that? The new Jerusalem prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Doesn't it give you a clue the new Jerusalem is a person, a corporate person? Marvelous. Okay, K. The building of God is the triune God wrought into us so that we may become his glorious corporate expression. A glorious corporate expression expression. This is what is going to put the enemy to shame throughout this part of the earth, throughout the continent of Europe. It's not just what we say, not just what we do, it's what we are, the corporate expression of the God of glory. The Lord will have this Okay, 
Jay, the Lord Jesus prayed that we would enter into the highest stage of oneness, the oneness in the divine glory for the corporate expression of God. So this is in John 17. He's praying the night before he died. And he prayed for our oneness, to be oneness in the Lord's name, in his word, and in his glory. And eventually he'll bring all of us into glory. There will be no self-expression through anyone. Every one of us, out of us, God will be shining personally and corporately. Okay. Uh, K.L. Since the kingdom of God and the glory of God are inseparable, the glory of God will be manifested in the coming kingdom. So we need to see this. When the kingdom comes in a visible way on the earth, the earth will be filled with the glory of God. And so the Lord is preparing for this so that now we would be more and more living in the reality of the kingdom of God. It's not that visible yet, but it's inwardly real. And our being trained to live in the reality of the kingdom of God, and also at the same time being transformed into his glory, more and more they're going together. And then when the living overcomers are raptured and their body is transfigured and they return as the bridal army to the earth, then there will be on the earth the glory of God and the kingdom of God. All the way from the lowest to the highest. And what we know is today Scotland or Wales or Great Britain or Ireland, the United States, whatever it is, it will be under the Lord's kingdom and under the Lord's Shining glory. M, an outstanding feature of the new Jerusalem is that it has the glory of God, his expression. The entire city of new Jerusalem will be the glory of God, which is God himself shining out through the city. Another aspect of the Lord's heart purpose for you is not only that he shines into you he wants to be able to shine through you and when he's shining through you you're not going to be aware of it because if you're self-conscious if you're self-conscious then it's your self that's being expressed but when you are life conscious spirit conscious Christ conscious body conscious you're not aware of yourself but others just sense this typical human being of his or her age, but I realize there's something shining, not just in, but through. What a testimony. That is why in 1967, in the early part of the year, around March, the first time I saw Brother Lee speaking, giving a message, I was just deeply touched because it was from my background personally and from the training in the theological school, how to be some kind of preacher, make people feel happy or whatever, or appreciate you. 
And then I saw a person with no self-expression. Only Christ expressed in his speaking. And I realized, I've never heard this, I've never seen this. No self, no self-expression. I had been in the recovery maybe five months. What did I know? Zero. But deeper then was this prayer. Lord, I want to walk in the same steps. I'm not going to try to imitate. To walk in the steps that whatever brought him to this point. So that's been step after step. What? 56 years? Still going on with the hope of glory that I hope you will also have more and more. And the glory of God and the economy of God involves the high peak of the divine revelation. Here we are again, the high peak. God becoming man so that man may become God in life, nature, and expression, but not in the Godhead. Okay? Now I say this to you on your behalf. You are becoming the same as God in life. You are becoming the same as God in nature. And you are becoming God in expression. We're in the process of it. And it's so clear to me, having been here for four years, just to realize what's going on organically, personally and corporately. And now we're almost at the peak We're at point O. The goal of God's economy is that we all shine forth his glory. Then Roman numeral four, and this is where we'll be for about 30 minutes, and you'll have close to 30 minutes to share. As we behold and reflect the glory of the Lord, We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And now I want to uh, read some verses and in quite an exact way, I hope, to speak from them and then we'll come back to the outline at the right time. A 2 Corinthians chapter 3 Verse 16, but whenever their heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I'll come back to this. But experientially, I would just point this out now. Our spirit is within our heart. And by the Lord's just loving care and his training, And through the help from the ministry of the age, I begin every new day the same. I realize my first inward exercise is to turn my heart to the Lord. And then that opens the way for me to exercise my spirit to contact the Lord. So when we turn our heart to the Lord, we'll come back to what this this word veil means. 
then now our being is open. And this is something we do personally. I can't turn your heart to the Lord. I can't. We have to know the boundary. But it's when you begin to practice this and you realize how important it is. Lord, I turn my heart to you. We know our heart is going in all kinds of things. That's just how it is. But when we turn our heart to the Lord, then the barriers between us and him are lifted. And then we can go to verse 18 that I'll read, but then come back with some detail shortly. But we all with unveiled face. Now the things that have been covering us, that have been hindering us from beholding the the Lord, it's now gone. But with all with unveiled face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So here is the key point now. Beholding and reflecting the glory of the Lord. Now, if you were asked, honestly, this is not a, again, it's not a training and not a test. Someone had said, what does it mean to behold and reflect the glory of the Lord? Just tell me from your experience. Well, where is the glory of the Lord? And what, what is it like when you are beholding and you are reflecting? And if I, would, if I had been asked X years ago, I would have been trying to say something, but it would be stumbling. I know that it's real, the verse is real, but, but I go on, behold and reflect the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. So all of us, we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's Spirit. Again, we'll come back to that. And so when you came into the meeting yesterday afternoon, a little before two o'clock, there was a measure of glory in you. Now this morning, there's a little more glory. We're, we're from glory to glory people even as from the Lord Spirit. Now, this is what has helped me uh, very much, is to see how these verses are related to an important verse in chapter 4, verse 6. Because the God who said, out of darkness light shall shine, is the one who shined in our hearts to illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. Whenever we are beholding, that is, looking with concentration. They're not just a glimpse. We're just focused on this. This is so attractive. Beholding the glory of the Lord. My dear fellow believers, we need to realize the glory we need to behold is in the face of the resurrected Christ. 
This means it's a face-to-face personal relationship. And I believe many of us that under the Lord's blessing we have a very endearing married life. The love for one another is expressed verbally, is expressed physically. But there's another dimension to it that sometimes we just look at one another. Young people may wonder, this is an older couple, you know, they're not saying anything, but you have some realization. They just love each other. Just consider this. This is you have to use your imagination a little bit. What would happen? Let's just begin in a very simple way. If for five minutes, early in the morning, you just beheld the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You looked at him, that's all. And he's shining into you. You may or may not say a little bit, but the Lord is really not asking for words right now. Turn your heart to me. Exercise your spirit. I'm dwelling in you. I'm the Lord of glory. The word is, behold the glory. You ask sincerely, well, where is it? What is it like? Glory is God expressed. The glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. So now you're focused on a person. My dear saints, right now, Christ is in you to stay. He's dwelling in you. The resurrected Christ, the glory of God is in his face. And now we can go back to chapter 3 and uh, look at verses 16 and 17 again in the light of chapter 4, verse 6. And so it may help us if I also read verses 14 and 15. But their thoughts were hardened, for until the present day the same veil remains at the reading of the Old Testament, it not being an unveiled, being unveiled to them that the veil is still being done away with in Christ. Indeed, unto this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. All over the earth, when dear fellow Christians are reading the Bible, there's a veil on them. So many, for centuries, they've been reading, again, I say John 14. They have the veil, and the veil blinds them. Oh, Father's house, that's heaven. I will come and For you, oh, that's the rapture. That's not in the verses. The source of that is from a negative uh, place. But when the veil is lifted, it's lifted from you. And now the light can shine, and then you realize the Father's house is not heaven. And the dwelling place that the Lord is preparing for me is not a nice apartment in the heavens. 
Just recently, because of an article I need to write for affirmation and critique, and this, I don't know what you call him, some kind of Bible teacher, I guess he thinks he is. So he was asked about the New Jerusalem. He said it's a city. And right now the Lord is up in heaven building this gigantic city. Then he's going to bring this whole huge city to the earth. And it's, you know, almost 2,000 miles in every direction. And there's going to be an apartment for each one of us. Is that how we're going to spend eternity? We're going to be in this gigantic pyramid. And we each have a room. And some actually believe my pet kitty cats and dogs, they're all going to be resurrected. It's just incredible. But millions of people are being led astray. So we have to come in under the Lord's direction to, to directly counteract this. This is false. This, but this is what happens. But what a difference, brothers and sisters, when you're just reading and pray reading the word and the, there are no veils there's no veils of culture no veils of philosophy no veils no veiling of our disposition whatever it is and the key matter is whenever their heart is turned to the lord so don't try to analyze do i have veils I mean, if, if you asked me and I told you, you I, I know what kind of reaction you will be. It, it won't help you. It's much better that you just turn your heart to the Lord and just say, Lord, remove the veils. Then he knows what to do. And then now your inner being is free. Like I mentioned in um, verse 16, I read it again. For whenever their heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. There can be all kinds of veils. I'm not feeling well. I have a veil concerning my health or a veil about this, this, one of my grandchildren about this and that. And it, but when your heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away and then instantaneously you're beholding the glory of the Lord. And if you realize it's the glory of the person and this, the glory is in his face, and this is what is going to open the way for our transformation. And we can't do it for one another. We can pray for one another. We can encourage one another. But this is why we must learn, and some of us are, by disposition, this is not easy, because some have a kind of passive disposition. Peter, we know, is the opposite he was so aggressive and he was so quick. But, it, it, but some are just by, are passive by nature. And that is when the enemy can do a lot. Because he will just come and there's no reaction. There's no... Uh, it's just silent. But we have a will. And we can make decisions... I'm not talking about willpower, but I just decide I want my heart turned to the Lord. And I know many times when I just encouraged saints to pray this way, Lord, I turn my heart to you. 
There are some dear saints, I, I, I just understand a little bit how they think and feel. They say, Lord, they say, Lord, even while they're praying, some of these dear sisters, Lord, I'm, Lord, I'm turning my heart to you at the same time. Lord, am I really turning my heart to you? Or am I just saying the words, I'm turning my heart to you? And so I said, okay, sister, you're, you're not the first one. So here's a backup prayer. Lord, cause my heart to turn toward you. You won't be the first one like that, okay? So don't condemn yourself. But this is of utmost importance because when our heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And then, verse 17, the Lord, who is the Spirit, is operating us and there is freedom. We're free from anything that's binding us, that is holding us back. Now we come back to verse 18. And so I hope there's some realization now. We're, we're talking about beholding the glory of the Lord, having the same image, and going from glory to glory ourselves. This is a crucial matter. When it's, when it's part of our daily living inwardly, another day, Lord, another day of glorification, another day of advancement. Lord, please, please do it. And he would say, I'm ready to do it, but, but let's work together. Will you turn your heart to me? Or ask me to help you turn your heart to you. And now you need to exercise your spirit. Exercise. And then eventually you will realize the resurrected Christ as the life-giving spirit is dwelling in you. But, this may sound strange, in a sense, he's in prison in us. Because he came directly into our spirit. So we're one spirit with him, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he was joined to the Lord is one spirit. And I, I know myself, because I didn't realize I had a spirit, I didn't know how Christ could be in me, I just had the sense one time there's a person there. And he was in prison for 11 years. He had no way out of my spirit because I didn't know I had a spirit. I didn't know he was in my spirit. But when we realize he's there, and that's why Paul prayed in Ephesians that we would be strengthened with power into the inner man. That's our spirit being a person because Christ is now in our spirit so that Christ may make his home in our heart. And so here we are, uh, turning our heart to the Lord and with unveiled face beholding and reflecting the glory of the Lord. This is what the Lord is waiting for. Saints all over the earth to turn their heart, to exercise their spirit and beholding that when uh, a brother and sister are engaged and it's their wedding fee, wedding 
meeting. Now they're on their honeymoon, and then their marriage has started. This, the brother should have eyes only for her. Forget the other billions of others on the earth. You're beholding. It's not a glimpse. Beholding is a focused gazing at. When you realize this is the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ right now. Even while I'm standing here speaking to you inwardly, honestly, I'm beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ inwardly while I'm trying to share something to you to encourage you and hope that will enlighten you. And so you just behold... And then the reflecting is not something you do. You function as a mirror. The more you behold, the more you reflect it for others to see. But you're just beholding. And then what's taking place are being transformed into the same image. So this is an essential change in your mind, emotion, and will. So that whenever you're functioning your mind, your emotions, to make decisions with your will. When our mind, emotion, and will are functioning as they had to, as it has to take place as human beings. But whenever we are exercising these parts of our soul, the mirror is functioning. The Lord is being expressed. Even you go back to work, whether there's a holiday tomorrow, whenever you go back, or you're back to school, or whatever it is. And if you realize this, according to Romans 8.10, referring to a regenerated human spirit, our spirit is life. And the Greek word is zoe. Okay, your spirit is life. And so I, I, I tried this out a few times when I still had a secular job and just seeing fellow uh, workers, especially at, you know, in high, high school teaching, I realized if on a Monday morning or any other morning and I say, hi, good morning, if I exercise my spirit, life flows into them. Because you're exercising the spirit and he's being expressed. So we are being transformed into the same image. Now, when we are all together in the new heaven and the new earth, and we are the corporate, not bride, because now we're all the wife. So we all have the same image. We're all expressing the Lord. But still, we will have our own identity. I think... I don't know what it's like, but when you have a glorified body and I have one, I will say, okay, now, now I remember. I know who you are. And I know you got your own name that only you know. And same with me. We're going to have an identity. We're not going to all just be Jasper being impersonal. You were created to express him in a particular way. And that has been redeemed and is being transformed. And so it'll be very personal, very corporately. So here we are. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. 
And so, as you know, I don't say nice things like politicians do or dipl diplomats do to try to get something from people. I can honestly say there's more glory reflected in you. More now than the last time I was with you. I believe that if a number of you come to Barlow in a little more than two months and we see one another and we say, okay, I realize you, you've been through quite a trial. You have. But there's just more glory shining out from you. Let's just press on together. Death cannot hold the resurrection life. Because it's going to be glory to glory. The glorification of our body will be instantaneous. Well, I'm looking forward to that. The transfigured body. Well, I won't have flat feet in the new heaven and the new earth. Whatever it is. But the inward transformation is taking place gradually. And this is what we just want to have the sense that it's from glory to glory. And you don't, we're not in competition. Don't compare yourself. Don't measure yourself by others. We're not in a race to one another. Someone who got saved a year ago, someone who's been here, been saved 57 years. Don't compare. Don't measure yourself by someone else. That my grandchildren, they're not measuring themselves by grandpa or by their, their siblings or by their parents. You just are where you are. We're all going to reach the goal of total glorification. Amen. Even as from the Lord Spirit. The Lord Spirit. So it's important that we notice that it's not just from the Lord. It's not just from the Spirit. From the Lord Spirit. And we know from various verses, like 1 Corinthians 15:45b, that in God's economy, the resurrected Christ is the life-giving Spirit. And I'm sorry to say that many theologians and preachers, they don't agree with this. And so they are robbing themselves of daily transformation. And so eventually uh, they will change their mind. It, you know, just, just the next day, even if the toughest case, it may be, well, okay, Lord, finally, after 664 years in outer darkness, I now accept the fact that you are the life-giving spirit. And the Lord may say, okay, now finally I've got the way, I've got three, 336 years more to get this done. And I remember one time, it was so touching on the human, Jesus, the human side with Brother Lee. And this was in the late 70s when there was an intense battle against religious Christianity, against Brother Lee's ministry. And the practice, the principle that I followed with some others was when the father is attacked, the sons fight. Amen. He couldn't fight for himself, but we're not fighting for him as the person, but we're fighting for the truth. And this is what he shared with us. He said, 
you know, in the, in the new heaven, in the new earth, some of these brothers that opposed me and criticized me and condemned me in the church age, they may come to me and say, Brother Lee, we repent, we're sorry for what we said to you. And this is what the Lord said. Just be at peace. I forgave you already in the church age. He forgave them now. Because if you read Mark 11, if you really want to pray in faith, if you have to forgive something, you forgive. You may say, I'll forgive if he comes and kneels down before me and cries out for repentance, then I'll do it. No, that's not what it says. You just forgive. Whether they, they never acknowledge what they did, they never apologize for it. On your side. I remember the Lord directing me and praying for someone. I knew this brother was going to pass away very soon. And I just asked the Lord on the day of judgment, please don't bring this matter up with him because I forgive him. Because this is not by our natural constitution. This is by Christ living in us. And so now it's the Lord's spirit. So the Lord as a person is functioning as the life-giving spirit in us. And now we realize the glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. And more and more, this will become real to you. You'll have the sense another person is in you, not just an element of life not just part of God's nature, like grace. This is really the resurrected Christ as the Spirit is in me, an actual person. And Lord, allow me to say this. I won't go into what the situation was, but it was so difficult for me. And the Lord inwardly was saying, Ron, just call on me and I'll do everything else. Just call on me. I, I know what's happening. I know the weakness. Just call on me. And didn't have to shout to the heavens. Although we pray to the throne in a proper way. Lord, you're in me as a living person. Save me. Even you don't have to give him information. He knows. Just say, Lord, Lord. Then as the Lord's spirit, he goes from glory to glory. Now, I read the points here in two or three minutes. I'm just at peace. My portion is over. What? A 59-minute message? What? I'm making history here. Just about an hour. Well, I'm happy about it. And maybe there'll be about 28 minutes for you. But we'll read this now in light of what we've been covering. To behold the glory of the Lord is to see the Lord ourselves. We are like mirrors beholding and reflecting the glory of the Lord. For this to be our experience, our face should be fully unveiled so that we may see and reflect praise.
properly. So, Lord, any veils, please remove them. Whenever we turn our heart to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So please don't try to figure out what are my veils. Don't ask someone else, what are my veils? Just turn your heart to the Lord and the veils will be lifted. Do you want to, you want to examine your veils? I don't, I'm not interested in knowing what they are. I just want them to be gone. And the Lord would say, well, that's all you have to do is turn your heart to the Lord. See, when we with unveiled face are beholding and reflecting the glory of the Lord, he infuses us with the element of what he is and what he has done. So he's not just shining, he's infusing. That is, He's dispensing into us, infuses into us what he is and what he has done. And so while the saints are going to be testifying words for about a minute each, and if we're all just beholding and reflecting the glory of the Lord inwardly for the next less than half hour, the Lord is going to be dispensing elements of himself into you. You're going to walk out of that door with more Christ in you than when you came in. D, being transformed indicates that we are in the process of transformation. So I will ask this, all those who believe that they are right now in the process of transformation, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, you are. You believe it. Amen. We're not, okay, we're not rapture ready today. Okay. But, but I want to be raptured ready on that day. So for that, we want to be transformed a little more today. And E, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord Spirit. So pray for a little less than a minute with a neighbor and follow the Lord's leading to finish the message from glory to glory.